0: How was your Memorial Day? <laughs> I hope it was good. Have I talked about Disneyland enough yet? No, no, I have not. I'm going to be talking about it one more time today because I have been thinking about it for the last two weeks since we went and just observing my thoughts, observing the things that I Went through in my thought process while we were there, some of the ways that I'm noticing I'm telling the story, some of the lessons that it taught me. And one of the things that I've been thinking so much about for the last week, especially, is how there are so many different ways you can tell a story. And the one that I was noticing the biggest was obviously the black and white version, right? As a human brain, we love to see things in a black and white way. It's how our brains are designed to look at things very binary, this or that. And of course we know that there is a lot in between the black and the white the this or that. And so I started noticing how when we went to Disneyland, and if you have not followed social media or read my emails, in fact, if you're not on my email list, you're totally missing out. You can just go to emilygibsoncoaching.com and download my free podcast roadmap. From there, you will not only get that little gem telling you where to focus on, and where to start and highlighting our most listened to top podcast episodes. So you can just skip to the good parts. Then go ahead and go check that out, drop your email address, and we will add you to that email list where I share weekly bite-sized bits of wisdom for you. Anyway, I went to Disneyland with my family. And many of you that follow me on social media, either on my personal account, Imagine Emma Line, Or on my business account, Emily Gibson Coaching. I shared our stories and travels while we were there. Also, had some very exciting things happen while I was at Disneyland. I got my acceptance letter for master coach training, which I'm so excited about. And I actually begin starting this week. We have our first like, welcome stuff. And then we get really heavy into our workshops and our class, our large group and our small group classes for the next six months. They sent us our schedule and I mapped it out in my planner and I cannot wait to get going. And I also know there's going to be a lot of negative emotion because (laughs) it's sort of like they put you through the ringer, they chew you up and then they spit you out on the other end. Just to ensure that you become a different person along the way, which is why I'm doing it. I want to become a better coach. I want to be torn down. I want to be able to figure out where I can become better, this, that, and the other. So anyway, I got my my acceptance letter to coach certification, master coach certification while I was at Disneyland. And the thing about this trip that was so different for me was we had so many plot twists. (laughs) here's what I mean by that on the way to Disneyland my youngest son he just seemed really off when we were getting to the airport he was really whiny he wanted to be carried he was just wanting to lay on the floor and he just was not settling into the travel and it's I mean traveling with you know, four kids under 14 is not necessarily the easiest task, but we are very, very practiced at traveling with children. And it just was seeming a little bit harder than normal. And so I thought this is so weird. I'm sure he'll get into the groove. Things are going to pick up. We're going to settle in here. And it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And on the airplane, he wasn't doing well. He just seemed like he didn't feel good. And like, he just wanted to lay down and go to sleep. And I just thought, Oh no, please like, please don't be getting sick. So of course my brain went straight to, he has a brain tumor and, um, we're going to, this is going to be our last fun trip we ever take together. That's what my brain always does. It catastrophizes. For example, if my husband is home late From mountain biking, my brain always goes, he's dead on the trail or he's had an accident. They're airlifting him. There's going to be a police officer knocking at my door. Like my brain loves to catastrophize horrible things happening to my family. Does yours do the same? (laughs) Anyway, so we land in Los Angeles and as we're walking out to the curb to catch our Uber, The way that the Los Angeles airport is set up is you can't just walk out and catch an Uber. You actually have to take a shuttle or walk a pretty long distance to get to the place where they let you pick up the Ubers. Or you can pay double the cost and simply have them have a private driver pick you up from the curb. Hindsight, this is what we should have done. But I thought This isn't so bad. A six minute walk or a quick shuttle ride will get us there and we can, you know, wait. It's no big deal. So we finally figure out where to catch the shuttle, which was actually not an easy task. Also, every child of mine was carrying a roller board and a backpack because everyone wanted their own suitcase. And my youngest who hadn't been feeling good all day, he was on my husband's shoulders Also, it was 85 degrees that day in Los Angeles, which was a fairly heat wave of sorts for that for this time of year, which was middle of May, right? It was May 13th. So we get on, we finally get on the shuttle and a few minutes into the shuttle ride, the shuttle stops and it appears to be a traffic jam. And we're sitting there for five minutes, then seven minutes, then 10 minutes. Then fifteen minutes, and at this point, our shuttle driver actually opens the door to the shuttle, gets out, walks down, talks to a couple of other other shuttle drivers, and then walks back and gets on the bus. <clears throat> at this point, I raise my hand from the back of the bus and say, can we just get off and walk?" <clears throat> and she goes, "You do you, girl?" it's a long walk, but you do you. And I look at everyone on the bus and everyone on the bus is like, no, it's really far. You don't want to get off now. And I thought, I kind of do want to get off now. This, This seems bad. And a woman sitting next to me showed me on a map, how far away from the parking lot, the, 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 Uber service or Uber pickup place was. And it seemed like it was a mile and a half. We were now further away from it than we were originally when we were catching the shuttle, just because of the way that the shuttle route had to take. Would have been faster had the buses in front of us not broken down on a one-lane little road. So the driver five minutes later came on and said, everybody off the bus, you have to walk. So we had all of our bags, we get off the shuttle and we walk a mile and a half in 85 degree weather with all of our kids and every single one of us pushing at least one roller board. We finally get to the Uber drive pickup place. We get in the Uber, of course, in Los Angeles, They actually don't have any Ubers for a family of six. Even minivans are posted as limit five. We get an Uber driver who happens to be very gracious and he allows all six of us to get in the minivan and he lets my husband sit in the front seat and the rest of us take a seat in the back. When we were on the airplane, though, my husband grabbed a barf bag. He said he just felt like he should grab one good thing because on the way to the Disneyland hotel, Dean starts vomiting in the back of the car. Fortunately, I was able to grab the barf bag from Sean because Dean said, I'm not feeling good. I feel like I'm going to barf. So I got the bag open. He barfed into the bag three or four times. I can't remember if it was three or four, three or four times. And then we get to the Disneyland hotel and At this point, I'm like, he's not sick. I'm telling myself, he's not sick. He's not sick. He for sure just is car sick. So we get to the Disneyland Hotel. We go into the lobby. I check into our room. It's not ready yet. So they have us sit with all of our six rollerboards, all of our stuff, all of our backpacks in the lobby. And Dean is... Not feeling well. He's just not looking good. He's whining. He's crying. He's saying his head hurts, his body aches. And still, I'm committed to the car sick story because I'm in denial. Of course, we cannot find any Motrin or Tylenol. And I haven't traveled with that in years because my kids are so old now. I just don't think to bring it anymore. Then he starts vomiting in the lobby of the Disneyland hotel into the popcorn bucket that we brought so glad we brought that bucket which we ended up throwing away right after this scene the uh, the welcome people at the reception desk are asking us if we need a nurse no thank you just my room I would just like my room at this point my child is just carsick. everything's fine as he lays on the couch in the lobby With a blanket over him, shivering, his head hurts, his body aches, and he's throwing up. But I'm still committed to my car sick theory. We get back up to the room. My sister-in-law, who's a pediatric nurse, finds some infant Motrin, which... If you're a mom with small children, you know, it's worthless. Infant Motrin is actually the worst kind of Motrin you can buy, but because she's a pediatric nurse, she knows how to dose it based off of his weight. So we give him Motrin and within an hour, he is like perked up, ready to go to the swimming pool. So at this point I'm thinking we've turned things around. He swims in the pool. He eats dinner. We have a great night. Everything is just looking great. The next morning we wake up, it's a new day, we're so excited, Disneyland, here we go, we get into the park, and as we're we're going through the gates, he just is not looking good again. Of course, the Motrin and the Tylenol that we had Uber Eats to the hotel at this point, we've left back at the hotel because we believed the car sick theory still, so we're sta- we get into the park. He's not looking good. We're standing in line for Peter Pan. He's crying. He's whining. He needs Sean to hold him. We're just not getting into our Disneyland flow. By the time we get up to the front of the ride, he is screaming that his head is hurting, his body's aching, that he's going to throw up, and we are trapped <laughs> in the Peter Pan line. So I realize he's going to throw up all over the people. And I think, okay, we can't be doing this. So we end up getting Sean out. I pass Dean over this fence. They get out. He goes back to the hotel while we go on the rides. He gets the Motrin. He gets the Tylenol. He comes back in the park and Dean sleeps in the stroller the entire day as Sean rotates Motrin and Tylenol for him all day long. And at this point I'm realizing. He does not have car sickness. He is definitely sick, but no fever, just horrible headache, body aches. And we're just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. So we, we get home that night and he's actually looking okay after sleeping all day in the stroller. And we just took turns staying with the tr- stroller as everybody else went on the rides. And so that night we go to bed like nine thirty at night, everybody is knocked out. And 2 a.m., Sean and I wake up to the sound of vomiting. Dean opened our door and was just projectile vomiting all over the carpet into our bedroom. And it's it's you're in this dead sleep and you just wake up to the sound of vomit. Every parent knows this sound. And if you don't yet, it's just because your children aren't old enough. Give it a year or two, you'll hit it. And you know, you can't do anything to stop it because the vomit piles are already on the ground. So you just sit there and you just close your eyes and you say, it's okay, buddy, get it out, get it out, bud. You're doing awesome. We love you. And then finally, when the vomit stops, you know, Sean, he's hazmat crew. I'm always first responder. He's hazmat crew, which is why I'm usually covered in barf. Although happy to report was never barfed on this trip. So we get the barf you know cleaned up as best we can with towels, we cover the spot. Dean gets in the bed with us, and then he continues to vomit every 15 hours from 2 a.m. to 6 30 a.m. nonstop with no with no uh no stopping. We even had Zofran for him, didn't help. So at this point, we realize Dean's not going into Disneyland for day two, and I'm not either, because I'm gonna stay with him. So Sean takes the other kids into Disneyland. I stay home with Dean. He sleeps the entire day. I switch Sean out around 2 p.m. in the park and he stays home with him. Dean slept till about 6 p.m. He woke up, ate a banana, then went back to sleep. So he slept all of that day. And I spent half the day in the hotel. Sean spent half the day in the hotel. We each got to enjoy our day with the kids. We wake up. At this point, it's Monday, the last day in Disneyland and Dean is awesome. He feels better, doesn't need medicine. We go into the park. We have the most magical day ever. I mean, it was dreamy. We figured out the Genie Plus Passes, the Lightning Pass by this point. I figured out how to use the app to get my raspberry macaroons from the Jolly Holiday Bakery. I mean, everything was just going so well. I take Dean while, uh, Sean and his sister, Natalie and their kids, they go ride all of like the, the, the star Wars and the, you know, Indiana Jones, all the rides that, you know, Dean doesn't want to ride. And I take Dean and we do the carousel and then we go on Dumbo. And while we're waiting in the Dumbo line, I get my certification, um, my, or my, my master coach acceptance letter. And then 30 seconds later, I turn around and I see my life coach, right? I'm in a life coaching group, just like the one that I have. And then I also have a coach. That is a private life coach that I work with one-on-one. I turn around, I see her in the line at Disneyland. We knew we were going to be there at the same time, but I just—I I, we didn't like plan to run into each other. And she told me right when she saw me, she said, "I knew I was going to see you today." I woke up this morning and I thought, "I'm going to see Emily today," and sure enough, there she was in the line, the, standing in line for Dumbo, and literally 30 seconds after I get my 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 acceptance letter. So it was just so amazing to share that moment with her and to just have this day where everything's finally going our way. Everything's getting figured out. And we're just having this magical day at Disney. So that night we end with a bang. We go to Goofy's kitchen. We just have the best day. And we wake up the next morning, we pack up and we head to the hotel and I, I left feeling like, oh, I just want to go back to Disney. This was so great. I, I'm not ready to go home yet. This is so fun. I'm texting my travel agent, planning our next trip to Disney World because my, my older kids are like, uh, we don't know if we want to go to Disneyland anymore. We want to go back to Disney World. It has more, has rides for bigger kids, blah, blah, whatever. So I'm texting my travel agent. We're, we're in the car, we're in the Uber back home and five minutes from our, house chase starts vomiting in the uber except this time we don't have anything for him to barf into so he starts barfing all over himself and all over the seat and all over the floor and of course the windows don't work in this van so the whole car immediately smells like vomit And it's not just like a little barf, it's like 32 ounces of watery barf that are just pooling between his legs in the seat. And he is just feeling awful. I'm mortified. Because the Uber driver, I mean, his night is over now, right? Fortunately, he was the most kind Uber driver I've ever seen. And he just kept saying over and over, it's no problem. Don't worry. Everything's fine. No big deal. And I am literally in just texting my best friend saying, get me off of this vacation. This is a nightmare. Like, make it stop. I can't even believe this is happening. Because of course, I've told her like all the things that have happened so far, Right. And so we get we get back to our house. I send Sean inside for towels. He helps clean up the vomit as best he can. I run inside. I grab $150 in cash, which is all the cash I had on me at the time. I'm handing it to the Uber driver. I'm maximizing the tip that Uber allows you to tip, which is another $100 on top of the $60 ride. Like we are just trying to do everything to say sorry to this amazing man that was our Uber driver. And he just the whole time, you don't need to give me any money. It's fine. It's fine. And we, of course, insisted. And I'm sure he had to go get his whole car shampooed. Anyway, we come inside and before, like all the kids are already inside. Chase is feeling horrible. Of course, we, we said to him, you know, like, it's not, it's no big deal, buddy. Like you didn't know. It's not your fault. Don't worry. He was like, I'm so sorry. I feel so badly. And we just, it was just not his fault. He couldn't control it. Right. So of course, at this point, I know for sure <laughs> that Dean did not have car sickness. He was sick. He passed it to Chase. Poor Chase. Right. Right. So we get it right before we go inside, all the kids are inside and I I go to grab the door and I turn to Sean and I say, I'm just going to say this one time. And I'm not going to say it in front of the kids or anywhere else. Of course, I'm telling you all now, which is fine. And I said, this trip was a nightmare and I'm just so glad it's over. And we walked inside and Chase, you know, poor guy, he, he lays on the couch sick all night, I order myself sushi and some cold stone ice cream. And I sit and watch Netflix all night in my room because I just need the day to be done. (laughs) And I just want to take care of myself, you know? So then the next morning, the kids get up for school. Chase says he feels good. Sean goes to take him to school. And as they're pulling up to the school, Chase goes, I don't feel so good, dad. So Sean says, you're not going to school. Stay in the car. Everybody else get out. He comes home. And right as they're getting home, Chase throws up into a bowl. Thank goodness. Then. He's been fine ever since none of the rest, like the, the rest of the family didn't get it from there. And we haven't had any problems since. And I've just thought so much about that's the way I've told the story on one hand, but I thought, what's another way to interpret the story? And this is the part that I really want to teach you about. This is what I want to leave you to think about this week and to apply to your life. Is there a story like this that you have had in your business. Maybe your upline joined another company. Maybe someone in your downline jumped to another company and tried to cross recruit your team. Maybe something horrible has happened to you in your life. Maybe your parents got divorced when you were young. Maybe you went through something traumatic as a child and you have trauma that you're still working through, whatever it is. I want you to think about, or maybe you just have like a story like mine where somebody's throwing up and sick at Disneyland. I've never had a throw up story at Disneyland before, but the more people I tell it to, the more my friends are like, oh yeah, we all have a a throwing up Disneyland story. And I said, we do. I never have until now. This is so crazy. I feel like I'm in this weird, crazy club. I don't want to be in. (laughs) And also like In a weird way, I'm so glad I'm in because now maybe it's over and it never has to happen again. Uh, But what I want to leave with you is that When you have a story like this, I kept asking myself over the last week, Emily, what's another way that we could interpret that story? And what's the other side of the story we could tell? I just told you one side of the story, but the other side of the story that I could tell you is we planned this dream vacation to Disneyland as a family. And on the way to the hotel, my son got sick in the car and we actually had a barf bag for him to throw up in. So it didn't get messy at all. And we didn't even skip a beat. We even had a barf bucket in the lobby at the hotel. So he didn't get puke anywhere. It was amazing. After he got some Motrin that my sister-in-law knew how to dose because she's a pediatric nurse. We went to the pool and we had the most amazing night. And then the next day, he um he was sick in the park but he ended up we had this amazing stroller and so he was able to nap in the stroller all day and the big kids got to go on all the rides they wanted to ride and i got to get the churros and the ice cream lemonade and i just got to enjoy the warm sunshine of the park and then the second day He was throwing up in the morning, which was not my favorite thing, but it ended up being this amazing thing because I got to sleep in and have a slow day to Disney. And the craziest thing happened. I took a shower. I shaved my legs. I sat in the hotel room and I felt like I was at the spa. Because my youngest child slept all day, and then I finally got ready around noon. I I had something to eat. I was relaxed. My husband came, and I went to Disneyland at two thirty. And by eight o'clock, when everyone else was just tired and burnt out and wanted to go home, I actually felt really good. And it was just such an easy day at Disney because I wasn't burnt out, and I had so much fun with my kids because of it. And then by day three, because I was not exhausted from day two, I had the best day at Disney on day three, where usually I'm totally trashed and just wanting to go home. And this trip was the first time in my life where on the way home from Disney, I wasn't ready to leave. Now, of course, my son ended up throwing up in the Uber, but we actually got to pay our blessings forward to this Uber driver and he was able to get his entire van cleaned because our son threw up and he hadn't been able to do that in a long time. So this is actually a blessing for him and it was a blessing for us to be able to pay this forward to him and no one else in the family got it see the two different ways that I can tell that story. The first way is very dramatic. It's very heavy. It's very, you know, negative and dark rain clouds and black balloons. And, Oh, this is so horrible. And poor me and victim me and victim that. And what a, what a nightmare. And the second way I told the story was also true. And in both stories, it was 50, 50. And Disneyland was always going to be 50, 50. It was always going to be a 50, 50 trip. And here's the thing. As I, as I've, as I've been planning our next trip to Disney world next year, the thoughts that I keep offering to myself are, yeah, we can go take another trip and someone might get sick. And if they do, we're going to have the most amazing hotel room and it's going to be so awesome because One of us is going to be able to be recharged in the hotel room while the other one goes and enjoys half a day at Disney, and then we'll switch. And then the other one will be able to recharge while the other one's enjoying the day. And it always turns out exactly how it was supposed to turn out. And so when you realize that there's always going to be two ways to tell the story, and it doesn't mean you have to think positively about it. I'm not saying like, only look for the positive. Please don't hear me say this. But When you know there's always going to be multiple ways to tell the story, multiple ways to interpret it, it lifts the fear of all the doom and gloom and all of the catastrophizing and frees you to lean forward into whatever the universe is going to bring you because you are prepared, because you've always been prepared. And it's always how you're going to learn and always how you're going to be able to trust yourself more in the future to handle anything that life throws at you. So whatever you're struggling with right now in your business, in your personal life, I just want to remind you and offer to you this idea of there's always going to be more than one way to tell the story. You're always going to experience everything in your life in multiple different storylines. And it's up to you to decide how you want to tell that story. Think about how you tell your stories from the past. Is that really what you want to bring into your future? Because you get to decide today how you want to bring your past into your future. And how you want to leave your past in the past so that you can create the future that you want to create because ultimately you're in charge of all of it. And that's the best news ever. I hope you guys have an amazing week and last day of the month. Let's go create the June of our dreams. Bye guys. Who is your life coach?